It's the right time for Western Oklahoma. All right, 708. Good morning. It is the right time for Western Oklahoma. Time to check our forecast brought to you by Lucille's Roadhouse in Clinton and Weatherford. Wow, 53 degrees out there. Plenty of sunshine, but we're going to be warm again today. We'll probably make it up to 80, not quite as warm as yesterday. But here's the good news, folks. A cold front is coming through. So later on this afternoon, winds are going to shift around to the north and temperature will drop. We'll actually be down into the 40s tonight, which is about normal for this type of year. And speaking of normal, uh, 55 for a high tomorrow. Yay, fall weather again. And then uh, low 60s heading into the weekend. Very slight chance of rain tomorrow morning. Really the best chance of rain tonight and tomorrow is going to be in southeastern Oklahoma. But this is the last uh, warm day for at least uh, five or six days. Your forecast courtesy of Lucille's Roadhouse in Clinton and Weatherford. Are you ready to shake things up behind the bar or bring your meat cutting skills to the forefront? Lucille's Roadhouse in Clinton and Weatherford is looking for enthusiastic individuals to join the team. Clinton Lucille's is looking for a bartender and meat cutter, and Weatherford Lucille's is also looking for a meat cutter. They've got competitive pay, employee benefits, and a fun work environment. Apply in person at either Lucille's location. Join our team at Lucille's Roadhouse, where great drinks and delicious cuts make a fantastic team. KCLI weather courtesy of Lucille's Roadhouse in Clinton and Weatherford. 53 degrees outside. It is Todd and Mustafa Are filling we? in for Harold Wright this morning. Good morning. The old posse is back together again. <laughs> yeah. Fun as usual. Are we? A, or have we found a meat cutter yet? No, we're still looking for a meat cutter. Meat cutter and a bartender over there, which I'm thinking, <laughs> what if you combine the jobs? Yeah, right. You cut meat <laughs> while you pour a drink. You got two hands? I, I would do. I'll have to. I'll have to talk to uh, Justin out there and see if that would work. Well, we'd like to welcome into the KCLI studios Jennifer Staggs, who is the head of the Phi Lambda Sigma fraternity over at and sorority over at Southwestern. It's with the pharmacy school, right? Yeah. I didn't butcher that too bad. Did I? <laughs> good, no, good, no, 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 not at all. So I'm one of the substance use. Uh, disorder coordinators for that student organization. It's Phi Lambda Sigma. It's Pharmacy Leadership Society. So we do a lot of leadership stuff. Well, first of all, how's it going at pharmacy school in your third year? It's almost over, right? It is. This is my last semester on campus. I'm super excited to start my fourth year rotations. I'm going to be in Oklahoma City for the next year, so it'll be awesome. So it's been great at, at Swasu at the pharmacy school. It's been awesome. Well, it's such a wonderful career, and there are so many opportunities for pharmacists. Now, have you decided what kind of discipline you're going to go into, hospital, retail? I mean, so many different things. Well, for me, I really like um, compounding. Yeah. So I may be doing some compounding, especially some uh, sterile compounding and stuff like that. So I really love that stuff. That is a special skill, isn't yeah. it? Not everybody can do that. Right. What, what is compounding? So making, mixing up drugs. So when you're mixing up drugs and you're kind of making something new. So right now I'm working with a, a nuclear com compounding pharmacy in the city. So we make up all of the nuclear compounds like your heart scans and stuff like that. Wow. Stuff they inject, yeah. you know, into you. A lot of people don't realize so many times when you go to the hospital, uh, those things are being mixed up right there by actual pharmacists and not just sent in for Right. They're being mixed up in a sterile room, and, and they're doing it very cautiously and with a lot of oversight, but yeah. 
cool. Jennifer, I am, if you don't mind, I'm going to have you kind of pull the mic just a little bit closer here. It's a radio thing, you know. So, yeah, there, <laughs> there you go. Well, let's talk about uh, a, a cool thing that you've got uh, coming up on Monday. You're having a seminar on addiction, and we all know that there is a stigma around addiction here but it is an illness and we're trying to break those stigmas aren't we you're absolutely right so we don't even use the term addiction anymore a lot of times we use substance use disorder because it is a medical condition it's not just something that somebody has chosen to do it's a complete medical condition just like you with your high blood pressure or your diabetes how did you know i had high blood pressure <laughs> See, she just, no, I'm just who doesn't I mean, yeah I really right so it's we want to treat it like it's a medical condition, and that's why we're kind of not using the terms addictions. We're using substance use disorder because there is a big stigma that, that surrounds it, and a lot of people don't want to get help because it sounds really bad. Well, and it's so funny because well, it's not funny. It's sad, but when you think about addiction, the first thing that comes to mind is People on street corners shooting up with heroin, heroin or the drunk that's, uh, you know, got his fifth drunk drive. But addiction so many times has started with a previous medical condition, maybe prescription drugs or something like that, right? The vast majority of the time that person standing on the corner is not who you're talking about. That's not who you're looking at. Almost all of us can say that we know somebody who's been affected by a substance use disorder, be it alcohol, be it opioids or any other kind of medications, street substances, any of it. Um, <clears throat> all of us have been affected by it. So it's not like we don't know this is here. We know this is here. And we know that it starts out as a benign thing. It starts out as something that wasn't intended in the first place. Nobody goes into this saying, you know what? I think I'm going to be an addict. That's yeah. not the way that starts. And it's sometimes it starts with an accident or surgery, uh, just regular pain medication. It could even be a trip to the dentist, I guess, right? Sometimes they prescribe opioids. and Yeah, a lot of the newer research that's coming out is finding that some people are just genetically predisposed to having that really strong reaction to an opioid or to a substance where their body just automatically decides that's what I'm going to crave. And it's not that they did anything wrong in the first place. It just their body reacted to it wrong. And that's where a lot of this kind of kicks off. And then a lot of people don't talk about it and we don't get help for it early. And then it kind of snowballs into something that is almost just a big beast. So would that apply to alcohol as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of people are finding that we are, some people are more predisposed to having a drink and their body saying, you know what, I really liked that dopamine dump. I'm going to crave that. And it's just, it's a one-time thing. And then their body's like, nope, I'm going to crave that from now on. You're always going to think about that. And there's not anything that is going to stop that other than getting treatment for it. So codependency issues come to my mind. And does that factor into it as far as the pharmacy goes? I, I know it does in terms of other programs for addiction. Uh, that's a word that I learned not to use as much. <laughs> so go ahead. As far as codependency, meaning something, the family has to be a big part of that. 
the that family is. does need to be a big part of it, but that big part that the family needs to be is supportive. They need to understand that this is not something that their loved one has chosen to do. Nobody has gone into this saying, you know what, I think I'm going to be an alcoholic. At no point has anybody thought that. This is something that their body has responded to, and we wouldn't treat them any differently if their body responded poorly to a diabetic medication. We wouldn't treat them any differently if their body responded differently to a hypertension medication. So why would we treat them differently if their body responded to alcohol differently? And, and I have to tell you, it's very hard. Being a family member that has had to deal with another family member going through this, there are times where you just want to give up. And you say, I've done everything I can. You know, I've taken you to this rehab and that rehab. You've, you've told me the same thing over and over. You want to stop, but you do. And I, and I had a counselor at a group session one time say, you've got to understand they're wired differently, you know, because I've always been able not to, I've always been a person that could go out and have dinner and have a drink or have a glass of wine, but I, I could go months, even years without it. Other people, it's one drink and they can't stop or one pill and they can't stop. And it's probably really hard for you to understand where they're coming from yeah. because you're like, I can take a drink and I'm fine. That doesn't affect me. But somebody else may come in, take one drink, and that's all their brain thinks about on repeat nonstop from then on. So it's it's a really individualized thing. It's something that family, yes, family needs to be involved in. But the biggest thing when they say, I've done all I can, really all you need to do at that point is support them yeah. and so understand them. If Okay, then. So now we have medications available to help people with this disorder? We do. We do. We have a lot of therapies and medications. Um, it's usually a combination therapy, so they're going to want you to talk to a counselor. Um, they're going to want you to get help like that. But then we do have some medications that will help with that as well. That's great. We're talking with Jennifer Staggs. She is a third-year pharmacy student over at Southwestern. They've got a seminar coming up about breaking the stigma of addition. We're going to talk more about that seminar right after this break. It is the right time for Western Oklahoma, brought to you by Priority Home Medical Equipment. Checking in on the Beef Checkoff. Joining us today, Heather Buckmaster of the Oklahoma Beef Council. Heather, let's talk about cattle producers and how they can find out more about checkoff dollars. So if you're a producer and you want to learn more about how beef checkoff dollars are invested, the first thing to do is visit drivingdemandforbeef.com. Everything from the beef checkoff's annual audited financials, contractors yearly funds or authorization requests, checkoff program updates, and annual reports are available on the website. Checkoff meetings are also open to every producer who pays into the beef checkoff. On a state level, you can visit Cattleman's Corner on our website at oklabeef.org, where we have links to our annual reports, national checkoff annual reports, the Federation of State Beef Council's annual reports, and a link to the annual reports of the U.S. Meat Export Federation. Our board of directors are checkoff paying volunteers and it's important to them that their neighbors are able to see the funding decisions they are making. So once again, visit drivingdemandforbeef.com to learn more or visit our website at oklabeef.org. Honest, hardworking company installing reliable center pivots. Waterworks Irrigation takes the killer water electricity mix out of irrigation, offering simple pivots, easy to understand and maintain with constant smooth movement to eliminate gearbox damage due to constant start-stop cycles. With TNL, there's no need for an electrician on staff. Just a few simple wrenches and an unlimited free phone support will keep you up and running on your schedule. Find them on Facebook. 
Waterworks Irrigation, making rain reliable. Hammond Phillips is now part of Select Water Solutions. Select is a leading provider in all things water, from sourcing, transfer, recycling, infrastructure, flowback, well testing, disposal solutions, and fluid handling and fluid chemistry. Our mission is to focus on developing sustainable water and chemical solutions with a commitment to conservation and reuse. Select Connect. We are all connected by water. Brian Baca is an investment advisor representative of and advisory services offered through Royal Fund Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. If you are an avid golfer, you'll understand what I'm about to say. Investing is a lot like the game of golf. There are three phases in golf, the tee shot, the approach, and the putt. In financial planning or investing, there are also three phases, building wealth, protecting wealth, and distributing wealth. In golf, you're allowed to carry 14 clubs, you don't use your putter to tee off, and you don't use your driver out of the sand trap. Each club has its own function, and it's the same with financial tools. In investing, we can't use the same financial tools for all of the different phases of planning. Wealth building strategies won't help protect wealth, and wealth distribution or income strategies won't help build wealth. The purpose of money dictates how it's invested. Let us help you in determining the appropriate strategy for your long game. Retirement can be a very long time and we'll be here before you know it. Don't attempt at being unprepared. Give us a call at 323-6800 or visit our website, retirewithbacket.com. 152 Vapes, Hear Gear Hearing Aid Centers, and Spain's Construction salute Western Oklahoma's veterans. My name is William Eugene Haskell III. I was in the United States Air Force. The first time, 68 to 73. In basic training, they talked me into trying out for pararescue. Originally, I was stationed in, they called it CCK, Chai Chang Quan Air Force Base, and it was in Taiwan, China. We went after the shot down crews. Back then, we didn't get to carry rifles. I couldn't shoot back. My all the medical training I had was uh, kind of a hypodermic needle in stainless steel, and you took two hands, I don't know what was in it, and you hit it here in the breastbone. You knock them out, throw them over your shoulder, and you got out the best you could. I never got wounded or anything. I'm pretty lucky. I'm glad I went and I have no regrets. And since I come to Oklahoma, I found out uh, people appreciate us. They all want to shake my hand. Thank you for your service, veterans, from 152 Vapes, Hear Gear Hearing Aid Centers, and Spain's Construction. All right. Thank you to our veterans, without a doubt. 722, it is the right time for West at Oklahoma. Todd Mustafa in the Shepherd Home Health and Hospice Studios. And joining us is Jennifer Staggs from the Phi Lambda Sigma uh, Pharmacy Fraternity and Sorority on the campus of Southwestern. And Jennifer, uh, interesting discussion today about uh, substance abuse and uh, what we used to call addiction that we're trying to, uh, and the stigmas of that. You are having a seminar this Monday uh, tell us where it's at, kind of the time, and how people can uh, can come to this. Yeah, it is on Swasu campus at the ballroom, which okay. is upstairs in the student union. Uh, it begins at 5 o'clock. The doors will open to the public at 5 o'clock. We'd love to see everybody there, even if you don't RSVP or anything. Just show up. The first hour is going to be booth time, and we're going to have a lot of our local substance use disorder resources set up in there so that if you have somebody that you know that needs help, you know how to get them help. This is a way for everybody to come in and talk to our resources, get contact information, figure out what resources we have available to them. 
And then the second hour, we have Haley Powell's coming from Wisconsin. She is a clinical pharmacist who works specifically with substance use disorders, and she's going to kind of talk to us about some of the trends that we're seeing in substance use disorder, but we're also going to talk about how to break down that stigma and really open up and talk about it. Because if we can't talk about this, we can't fix it. Well, and one of the, and I can't believe we haven't touched on it yet, but uh, the one thing that is becoming a scourge lately is fentanyl. And people don't even know that they're taking it sometimes, right? Right. In fact, um, a lot of our studies have shown that over 60% of the illicit drugs that we're finding on the on the streets have fentanyl laced into them. It's something that is easy to put in there. It gets people really addicted really fast, so they're putting it in with their tablets and stuff like that. So if you have somebody who has these counterfeit pills, they think they're hydrocodone or something, they stick them in a bottle with Tylenol, there's a chance that you can get a small amount of fentanyl on a piece of, on a Tylenol that you hand to somebody else. So talk a little bit about fentanyl for maybe people that don't know, because they've heard that. You think of Tom Petty, Prince, Michael Jackson. I mean, that's the first time I ever heard fentanyl. That was enough to scare me. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't understand. Is it a synthetic? It is. It is a full synthetic opioid. Um, It is 80 to 100 times stronger than morphine. So morphine is kind of our baseline. Fentanyl is 80 to 100 times stronger. A sometimes when it's mixed up, a fatal dose can be small enough to sit on the end of a pen. Did it was it originally developed to treat pain in in hospitals? I mean, yeah. So we do have fentanyl that comes in patches, and we usually only use that for like cancer patients, somebody yeah. that's in a lot, a lot of pain. Um, and then they have some injectable that they use in the hospitals, but. We don't have any pills, and we don't typically send it out the door in pill form. So Mm. if it's in pill form, it's not something that we have available on the market in the United States. So who is making it in pill form? Is that the cartels we hear about Probably. Um, They haven't told me that they're doing that, but I'm going to assume it's them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so they're putting it in pill form, sometimes with other things. Almost always. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's just what's so mind-boggling to me, because I can't imagine just hearing that word that anybody would knowingly do it. Uh, but, you know, I, as I mentioned, the first time I think I heard about it, Michael Jackson, Tom Petty, or some somebody like that, I think with Tom Petty, he had hip replacement surgery, and his doctor gave him the patches, which weren't really for that, but, you know, kept using it. And, of course, he did other things with it, which happened so much. But then you hear of high school kids uh, messing around with fentanyl. I'm like, have you guys not heard about th- I mean, why would you even touch? It's, it's mind-boggling. It's interesting that... Um People will say, oh, it's just a little bit of fentanyl. It's a little bit of fentanyl. Well, you have to realize is that somebody is mixing this up in a basement, probably without a lot of lighting and probably not a pharmacist. So I can tell you from our labs that it's really difficult to get that mixed in right. And if they don't get that mixed in right, what you took a little bit of uh last time is not the same as what you took a little bit of this time. So if they didn't get it mixed in right or if it's too much, it can hit really, really fast. I had that. I want to say I had it happen, but I I was told of a story where with cannabis and the THC level that's in the edibles. Right. 
many times it's not mixed well enough, and you may very well bite off a little gummy and not get any THC and then come back and you got three or four times the concentration of it there in one bite. So, Right. Yeah. It, unless you've been through pharmacy school, it's you don't realize how difficult it is to make sure that you've got that mixed really, really well. Um, and a lot of times these are not being made by pharmacists. So it's it's one of those you're hoping they mixed it really, really well, and you're just kind of praying for the best out of that. So why do people use fentanyl if they knowingly use it? Is it a high? Is it a number? I mean, is it more uh, like a heroin thing? I mean, I just, I don't really know anything about it. So it is in the same group as heroin. Okay. You have morphine, and then heroin's around five to seven times stronger than morphine, but then fentanyl is 80 to 100 times stronger than morphine. So it is... Um, like heroin on steroids, it's it's a really really strong reaction. It comes on very quickly, and it's it's a really hard mm. reaction. Wow! And now we have Narcon. Is it Narcon or Narcan? Narcan. 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 Tell us is, about about that. So Narcan is naloxone, and that is an antagonist that can kind of reverse the effects of an opioid. Um, it's Especially with Swasu, we give it free through Red Rock Behavioral Health. They take care of us. We make sure that our students have access to it. But it can, you can spray it in somebody's nose. They don't even have to be breathing. Wow. It just soaks in through their nose, their nose and it can reverse those effects and get them to start breathing again. So wow. it attacks the drug, right, as opposed to? It is attaching to the receptors that the drug is wanting to get on. So it's kicking that drug off of those receptors and just kind of sitting there. Most law enforcement and medical uh, folks have this with them at all times now, right? There have been some instances where people have been exposed by contact. The risk is pretty low, but still it's better to have it than not to have it. Wow. Jennifer Staggs, this is a fascinating uh, topic. Once again, uh, give us the details uh, about Monday night. It's open to anybody, right? Yeah, it's open to anybody. It's free to anybody. If you're a pharmacist and you need continuing education, we're pre-approved for some CE hours. Um, But it begins at 5. The doors open at 5. You're going to have booth times where you can kind of come through. You can get all your information. You can figure out, you know, how you can help somebody. And then we're going to sit down and we're going to have a talk with Haley Powell's, and she's going to kind of talk to us about how we can reduce that stigma and open up and talk about this and, and make it to where it's an open dialogue. And one of the things, just to leave people with this, if they know somebody or if you're somebody struggling with opioid addictions, addictions like that, it used to be that you had to go to these specific clinics to get uh, medication to get off, but that has changed, right? That, that has. So there is a medication, you know, Suboxone, where they had to have a special kind of doctor to do it. Now that's been kind of taken away, and most doctors can help you with this. Wow, that's great news for folks listening out there. Yes, so stop this, it. according to what I've read here, is eighth annual uh, event. Is the earth, the eighth annual? Now, how many years have you been involved in? I guess is my curiosity here. Three. Three years. Okay. All right. All three years of pharmacy school. And what drives that passion, though? I'm just curious. With a smile like you have, I'm just wondering what a serious subject like this. And how long ago were you? Well, before I came back to pharmacy school, I was the medical examiner out here for 15 years. So I did a lot of overdose deaths. I worked a lot of them. And that was something that 
every time you go in there and you're like, this person had no help. This person did not know that there was something we could do to help. Nobody was listening or they they felt overwhelmed and they couldn't get help for what they were going through. So that was kind of my passion for going back to pharmacy school to, was to actually help some of that. Wow. God bless Wonderful. you for, for doing that. And uh, thanks for the work you're doing. And folks, please uh, check this out in the Southwestern Ballroom, 5 o'clock on Monday, uh, getting rid of the stigma of addiction and getting folks uh, help out there. Jennifer, congratulations on final year, final semester of pharmacy Yay. school. Yeah. You're going to be awesome out there, okay? <laughs> Thank you guys so much. All right. I enjoyed and, it. And we're, we're good friends with her cousin, too, that works here. Yeah, <laughs> All right. Tune in every weekday at 6 a.m. for The Right Time with Harold Wright. Brought to you by Priority Home Medical Equipment on 99.3 News Talk KCLI.